This is David Reed Watson with Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. Join myself and Cat Critter every Tuesday evening, 10 p.m. BST, 5 p.m. EST, 2 p.m. PST, right here on FirebrandRadio.online. We are Firebrand Radio Online. Uh, another Tuesday night, election night. Yep. Oh, boy. Did you cast your vote? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, me too. Me too. We're good citizens. You're not going to tell anybody who you voted for, though. I never do. Oh. It's nobody's business but mine. And is, have you always been that way? Uh, yes, I have. Because I, well, I one time I made the mistake of telling someone uh, who I voted for. It was a family member. And then I listened to them scold me. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> no Thank you. And so I have uh, kept it to myself uh, for the last 30 years that I've voted. It's really, I've really just felt like I don't want to explain myself. I, mm-hmm. I look into things, I make my decision, and it's really nobody's business. It's kind of liberating too, right? You, you know, it's your own secret. Well, it's kind of a, yeah, you know, it's a secret, but it's also just, I feel, I feel very strongly that um, we each have to vote our conscious and what we think is best. And um, no two people are alike. People all, everybody has different ideas. And, you know, another person's idea is not up for my judgment. And mm-hmm. my idea of what I think is right is not up for other people's judgment either. And that's what makes you a Virgo and me a Leo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm very bombastic with it. It's like, of who I vote. No, I, I'm, I'm not that bad. I, I think this time around, I probably won't disclose who I voted for. Um, just imagine if everybody was that way. We wouldn't have to. Uh, no, no picket signs, you know, um, just everybody silently went and cast their vote and nobody knew kind of like, oh, geez, what was that TV show that I used to watch that, where they did that and they voted the um, Sons of Anarchy. They sat around the table to vote for the president, but nobody knew who voted for who. Otherwise, they'd probably be killed. So, But it would save a lot of money. I think it would save a lot of money. It would save a lot of heartache. A lot of people would just, you know, um, I don't know. I don't I know. Think it, it would save a lot of trouble just because... Um, I'm interested in issues only, and I get frustrated listening to you know bashing of and and I mean, this is local all the way up to the president. I I just get really frustrated listening to bashing. Mm-hmm. Just give me the issues. I don't want to hear the other stuff. I I've already heard it or seen it. I know of it. I don't really need that to help my decision, and I don't need anybody to help me make my decision. So. <laughs> But that's just, that is the way I am. I'm very definite about things. And I, I have an even deeper respect for you now that you said frustrated and not frustrated. <laughs> One of my pet peeves. Oh, no. <laughs> and he said it twice. Mm-hmm. So good for you. So we've got a pretty awesome show coming up tonight. Yes, we do. I'm very excited. Um, the band. 
Who's the band? The band is Stormbreaker. They are a great group of young men, musicians from Mm. uh, Minneapolis here, and they're going to rock our studio. I'm excited. I'm excited because this will be our first live live band in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You're all going to enjoy it. Um, kind of get you unglued from the television and watch what's going on with the with the American um, destruction or whatever's going to happen. We don't know. <laughs> but we'll be back shortly with our interview with the band Stormbreaker. Might I say... Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk with David Reed Watson and Cat Critter. Right here on FirebrandRadio.online. Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. This is David Reed Watson with Cat Critter, and we are in with the band Stormbreaker. Guys, how are you doing today? <laughs> this is awesome. This is awesome. Now that I'm, I'm, I'm like I mentioned to you guys, I'm new here. To Minnesota, so the cold is ridiculous. How do you guys deal with this? Yes, we, we just uh, we expect it. We we punish ourselves living in Minnesota. I don't know. Yes. It's part of the deal. I think it forms character, though. Maybe I don't know when you when you get through it. Oh my goodness! So okay, so I have on base Levon's Hoey, right? Yeah, that's Levon. His name's Joe, but yeah, is it Joe? It is. So yeah. why do you go by Levon? That's my middle name. I don't know why. Uh-huh. I don't know why you go that far. Oh, that's up. new, dude. That's good. You can call me if you want, but no, you know what? It's your. It's, it's. I think it's your Instagram. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, someone oh, talking about someone talking about real that was someone, <laughs> oh, <that> bastard. <laughs> Give his name back. <laughs> I know, and we, Kat and I were talking. We're like, she, we're going. Oh my God, that's my favorite Elton John song. Well, yeah, because it's the name of the band's drummer, Bob, uh, Bob Dylan's backing band. His name was Levon, and that's where I got the name from. And that's nice. why Elton John called his son Levon and the song Levon. Ah, I did not know that. Nice. trivia. <laughs> that's that's fly man. Nice. Okay, Logan Stoliker mm-hmm. on guitar, and Billy Schlump on guitar. Sir, that's right. Chris Seely on vocals and on drums, Logan Lobrick. Correct. Nice. I got that right. <laughs> Holy crap. So, playing in Minnesota, what do you do? What do you do for warm-ups as a guitar player? Oh my gosh. Um, my hands get so cold super easily, so I always just have to be moving my fingers, just doing hand stretches. Mm-hmm. Before you on stage, probably take 20 minutes just to go up and down the neck. Just make sure all the fingers are warmed up. Nice. Yeah. And I'm sure as a drummer, you've got you've got to constantly be yeah just moving all the time. Always. Otherwise, you're going to break your limbs. Yeah. <laughs> Screw the sticks. You're going to break your limbs. <laughs> I just noticed your tattoo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll get it uh, covered up eventually, but Well yeah. I'm sure the guys in Metallica will like that. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean the fan. They've all got one. <laughs> They've all got one, that's right. So not because you don't like Metallica. No, that's, that's not we, not we love Metallica. We love Metallica. Didn't, didn't you get that the day you turned eighteen from a we all have closing three weeks later. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had this tattoo on my chest for a long time, and I was so proud of it. I I I, I got it at a tattoo party 
on Cape Cod because tattooing was illegal there oh, back God. in the 80s. Oh, nice. And um, I was so proud of it. It was Mozart, you know? I got Ina Klein and knock music on my chest. And my sister, who I think she was eight at the time, she looks at it and she goes, you got the sweet and low t- symbol on your, tat- on your chest. I was like, oh. I eventually got it covered over, but it took me like 30 years before I <laughs> So tell us a little bit about the band. And now before we go, actually, before we do that, Kat and I, we had it on repeat, five songs that you guys sent us. Mm. And they're amazing. Mm. Can you tell uh, the sound quality on that? I mean, you guys have your own producer. What? What? Who? Who did all that stuff for you guys? Yeah. So I believe everything you heard. Uh, we work with our friend Wally J. Uh, Wally J. Nemec. He's uh, initially was out of um, F5 Soundhouse here in Minneapolis, but now he's kind of working independently on his own, um, just finding the right place to set up shop and do the studio thing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been great for us from um, kind of technical studio engineer um, through mixing, mastering, as well as a bit of production or, or direction as well. So, um, nice. Wally's the man, and we appreciate working with him. Mm-hmm. All right, Wally. Well, with that, let's play a Stormbreaker song. Here's Last to Know. <laughs>
songs to choose from, and that's one we identified as a nice one that we really liked. Zeus liked it, too. Yeah, it's their newest song. I love it. Love it. Yeah, so we just had them on repeat, super loud in the house all morning, and we're like, wow, this is... This is quality stuff. So good job on that. So now you guys are getting ready to work on a full-length yep. album. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're going to work on a full-length. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to the Brit to, yeah. to be so... <laughs> so, so walk us through the writing. You know, who, who's a, Does he have a couple people that are like love writing? and Or how do you collaborate? How do you put it together? Songs. So usually one of us, me or Stalker, will come up with a riff or a mm-hmm. whole song and then we'll send that out, like a demo version of it, just a guitar scratch track or something and right. send it to these guys and Chris will put some melodies together and then the next full band practice, everybody will hear it and then we'll kind of piece everything together with everybody's voice on it and mm-hmm. then put it as a whole, pretty much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Yeah, we've been perfecting the... Uh, I guess um, the online approach to doing this, right? Since we're all kind of distance and we're using like Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever and just Mm -hmm. kind of sharing files and then iterating on that and working until we get to the point where we think maybe it'll make the album. Um, But it's it's definitely been different, you know, with this writing process, I think, just because we aren't getting together probably as much or playing out obviously as much. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of changes the vibe a bit. Do you think that it detracts from from like sitting in a room, uh, as as opposed to just sitting at home alone, or do you do you find that it works just as well? I, mean, I think we're both. Yeah. I think some of our best material has come out of doing this together, and it feels like more. We've, it's been more collaborative than it was with oh, these yeah. songs. Yeah, now, yeah for I sure. agree. Yeah, for sure. Oh, nice. That's good to hear because I think we're going to be in this situation for a little bit. Yeah. You know, so the the whole online writing process is is pretty good. So, Chris, are you the main, the, the, I know you're the vocalist, the the song, the lyricist? Yes. Okay. Um, To date, I think I've written, for the most part, all all the lyrics and and melodies that go along with it. Okay. Um, Not to say that I would be the only one, right? Everyone in the band is capable of doing that and we're all, you know, willing to at different times jump in and help each other out with different parts so we'll see where that goes but for now that is the case yep. that's good now where do you get your inspiration for lyrics um lyrics usually uh it's it's so hit or miss i mean as you probably know right sometimes an idea comes from somewhere a lot of times it's from listening to other records that i like or other bands that i like and i kind of catch on to certain themes that they're throwing mm-hmm. out there and maybe putting my own thoughts on that same theme or something like that, right? Things that really relate to people and can relate to the, the words in the song, that's what counts, right? So yep. I'm trying to do that. Yeah. Unless you're a drummer and the drummer's like, what are the lyrics? <laughs> He's like, I didn't know we had lyrics. <laughs> I didn't know we had a singer. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So now you're, you're full force into writing this new one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. We're all really excited yeah. about this. Um, you know, we the stuff that you, you've heard that's been recorded um, yeah. so far with Wally, um, it's us trying to find our sound. Like, who, who is Stormbreaker? What do we want to do? How do we want to um, show up? Um, 
And I feel like this record, I don't know if you guys would agree, we're getting much more dialed into like, right. okay, this is what we thought we could sound like eventually. And yeah. we're really starting to kind of hone it in. Piece so me all that it's together. Really cool to see. Mm -hmm. Compared to our last stuff, we're now making like demos at home and trying to figure everything out before we go into the studio. Mm -hmm. It's like the sound sounds more complete now. There's more yeah. detail to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, from yeah. what I've heard, and I, I don't know, Kat, you can probably attest to this as well. It's you can't. There are a lot of different influences, but what's nice is you've got your own sound. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not. It's like, oh, these guys, I can label them as this, mm -hmm. or I can label them as this. No, you've got a lot of different influences. But yet your own sound. I, I absolutely love the guitar. So the vocals great, of course. But the guitar sounds are just second to none. I mean, Kat, there was one song you said you really liked. I was like, yeah, that is. That's kind of one of those. Is that the uh, fourth out. song? I believe it was right. Is that I? I can pull that up. I'm here. not sure which order I sent them to you in, but it's uh, kind of a mix of. I'd sing it, but I'd butcher it for you. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're exactly, well, that'd be cool. We could try it. <laughs> She's a great bathroom singer. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She is. She's, <laughs> I thought it was just in the car. I didn't know you heard that. Yeah, last to know. Last to know. Last to know. Yeah, last to know is so, hands down my favorite. We've awesome. been getting that one. Um, very thankful to like Rockin' 101, 93X, and some of the other local radio stations. Right. Of the ones that we've submitted to them to get on the air, that's the one that seems to be picked the most frequently, so yep. it seems like it's getting some traction. Um, and your comments about the guitars, I mean, full force. We're dual lead guitar harmonies, like that's our vibe, that's our sound, so to hear yep. you say that is, is good. That's what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't, I, Kat knows you guys. And I've seen yeah, I've seen you play several times. And so she introduced me to the I think you were playing at a guitar place. Yeah, right? and then we yeah. saw them oh, all out yeah. in Wisconsin yeah. Um, yeah. playing with Airball. Playing with Airball. Uh, nice. cool. And I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you guys. Yeah. It was really cool. It was, it was nice to see that there was actually live music being played somewhere. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, in Vegas pretty much everything is dead. dead. Shut down. Right. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah we, we felt fortunate to be part of that. That was our most recent show, right? Yep. Yeah, it was. Just to team up with Hairball in the first place. They've got a great reputation, very professional group of guys, and uh, they do it very well. So we learned a lot from them by being able to be around them and mm -hmm. perform. Um, but also, to your point, like we felt very fortunate to be part of live music in a way that was kind of safe and, and something that fans could come and enjoy and not be worried about getting sick or something like that. Um, so it was a little glimpse of hope in, in the midst of uh, this whole, all this bullshit, right? It's a, it's a tough time, a tough time for musicians especially, because we're, I mean, that's our nature is to, yeah. we want to play out live. I mean, the writing process is great, as you guys know, mm -hmm. but if you can't present it to an audience to get, you know, yeah. get their ear, yeah. know, that's, that's the important thing. So, you know, hopefully things change in the future. I'm, I'm pretty confident they will. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, just keep on keep on plugging away as as far as that goes. So, as far as influences go, I know I said I, you guys don't sound like anybody, but what got you, Logan, into guitar playing? Well, I mean, I have to hand it to my dad. I mean, he's the one who got me into all the music I like. I grew up listening to like Led Zeppelin and Iron Maiden. Those are still two of my favorites. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. From there, I just kind of took off, explored bands on my own, and really got into like progressive metal and stuff like that. But you know, I also like all the classics. Guns N' Roses is amazing. All yep. those, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I remember you playing some Slash. Yeah. And I thought, I was going, wow, this is great. <laughs> Thank you. It's really good, really good stuff. Thank you. And what about yourself? I, I same with my dad, but I liked more almost like the hair band scene is what I, I love all of that. Rat, Dokken, and Twisted Sister. Yeah. Probably my top three. Oh, really? And Twisted Sister, huh? I love Twisted Sister. <laughs> Probably. Sometimes you just want to rock. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to take it. That's just taking it for a Twisted Sister pun. Make us up. Make us up. Yeah, but Warren D. Martini is a He's great, amazing great guitar player. Mm-hmm. Underrated. Very, very underrated. He's got this, this sound of how he picks his notes, he always almost has this pinch harmonic on the chords that he plays. Right. Yeah. And I just think it's so cool. Right. Did you get in Lynch at all? I love, oh, love, love Lynch. Lynch. It's, it's, I, I love George because it looks yeah. like he's fighting the guitar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah really. He's got some good guitar faces. Yeah. He does have some good guitar amazing faces. Amazing photos of him out there. As far as drums go. Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee, all, that, my favorite. No reservation. No, no. I can't relate. Like, oh. And he hits something like hell. Is it because you're hung like him? Or is that what you're I wish. <laughs> Sorry, that came out. That's one of the questions you just say yes to. <laughs> so, Joe, I don't, I don't want to call you Levi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, got you into, what got you into bass? Um, don't know. You, as you, I think you mentioned before we were recording, you knew someone who you say started playing guitar before I started playing bass. I don't know any bass player who started playing bass. Everyone starts playing guitar and then something happens. Or they're a liar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something happens where you just switch over. But no, I, I like a lot of the old punk bands, and they always had the bass right front and center in the middle of the mix, and it always no, it sounded good. And who influences? Uh, everybody, man. A lot different than them for just because I'm from somewhere else, so we listen to different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like the Pistols and the Ramones and like bands like The Damned and wow, anybody, anybody where you can hear the bass is good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's rare. Right. Motorhead, Motorhead's a big one. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. I love Motorhead. I, you know, when I lived in LA, I used to, I, I, uh, I'd go over the rainbow. And mm-hmm. I just never had the balls to walk up to Lemmy. Yeah, yeah. He, I'd see him sitting there at the end of the. I'd, I'd be like, he was always there. He was I can't there too. And that's exactly why he loved that place because people yeah. respected his space, right? And they, yeah, yeah. To, to some extent, like leave leave the guy alone. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I was just. I guess as a. You know, you get to know a lot of people in rock and roll, and you're just like, uh, I know that they don't want it. You know, they just want their time alone yeah. mm-hmm. if they can. So, so Chris, and now I've mentioned this to you before because we met uh, yes. yeah. oh, oh, when I first moved here. Yeah, yeah. You've got a powerful voice. Thank you. Very powerful voice. I mean, where did that? Did you? Where did that come from? Yeah. Um, Similar story, I guess, like, actually both my folks are way into hard rock, classic rock, that kind of thing. So, like, the Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, all that stuff influenced me to love music in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I did, like, the choir thing and kind of the formal training. Um, Eventually, I joined, like, probably my third original band, and then we were playing certain tunings and just trying to achieve a certain sound. 
Um, and I wasn't, I didn't feel like my voice was really cutting it for that. So I put in work and tried some additional ways of uh, performing and delivering and found that upper register and realized that I was actually a lot more comfortable up in that upper register. And that's where I think it fits with our vibe, which is really, you know, 80s rock influence, which has a lot of that kind of, you know, Robert Plant and some of those higher voices or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's what I try to take from and, and make it work with the sound of the guitars. And so far, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it works great. Looks great. Um, going back to LA, you guys played in LA last year, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yep. How did how did that come? How did that happen? So um, we were really fortunate to have two nights at the Whiskey A Go Go. Um, the first night we opened um, for Faster Pussycat, among a few other bands, um, <laughs> and the second night we were direct support for Stephen Adler's Guns N' Roses. Um, and so, you know, just being there in that space is like um, the most holy place on earth to me, you know, just to stand in there. Um, but we, it came about because um, Billy shared our music, some of our early recordings um, with the Whiskey team, and they actually responded super positively and say, hey, we want you guys to come down here and play. I mean, never in a million years do we think we're just going to send them our recordings and they're going to be like, yeah, we, we want you guys in the lineup, but um, we made it happen. And, it's, a, it's, a, it's an iconic place. Yeah. It's definitely yes, it nice. Yeah. Did you get to see all the skateboards up in the office? He's got. Yeah, we got to hang out with uh, Jake up in the. It's office pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Just imagining some of the things that have happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah, there's a, a yeah a lot of stories. Some of friends of mine um, from the band XYZ. They used to be the house band there. And, okay. And they 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 were telling me a million stories. <laughs> some you can't say on air sure. <laughs> some of the people are still alive yeah. <laughs> they'd hunt us down yes. kill us. Some of them. Yeah. how'd you how'd you like LA for the did you I get to it. did you get to stay there at all stay for a little bit yeah, yeah. five nights or whatever five nights yeah. yeah we were in there got to check out quite a few places quite a few things did you stay on the strip or did you yes. go yeah. down to yeah. Santa Monica yeah. down or? Down we, close. Strip. Uh. we uh we would walk Everywhere we were so close. Yeah. We were like 15 minutes from yep. the whiskey and just walk everywhere. Yeah. Guitar center. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sam and hand friends. Oh, yeah. 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 That's to the rainbow. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it had obviously the benefit of us playing those shows is big, right? And then we yep. can talk about playing at the whiskey. But I think for us, it really kind of solidified our our team, so to speak. Like just being out there and mm -hmm. kind of feeling the vibe of Hollywood and oh, yeah. Blue Earth. Like, I think we came back just, like, stronger as buddies and, and, and a band. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, yeah. was, that was really cool. And while we're on, I should, I got to mention, we are headed back to the Whiskey Go-Go June 21st. Nice. Uh, 2021, and we're direct support for LA Guns out there with Tracy and Phil. So, beautiful. Really, really yeah. pumped to see yeah. those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm, 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 I'm pretty confident that the COVID thing will yeah, subside I, I by then. So. Yeah. 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 Same. Yeah. yeah, because LA is, you know, it's, LA is a really cool vibe, especially for the music you guys are playing. Yeah. It fits right into yes. that genre, and yeah. that's where all those bands came from. Yep. Mm -hmm. The rock and roll energy out there is, is amazing. Yep. yep. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, when you guys go back, go hang out on the pier in Santa Monica. And Sweet. A couple of us got to do that last yeah. night. I think me and you did, yeah. yeah. Freaking jam packed. Yeah, I got, I, I got, I got I missed that one and I yeah. saw the photos. I was like, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like $30 to go ride that roller coaster. Oh, yeah, we never rode that roller coaster. Oh, 
no. I was actually fortunate enough, though, to uh, go to Magic Mountain. <laughs> so, I'm a, I'm a huge amusement park guy. I love all those, like, extreme roller coasters. Top Is that in drivers. Anaheim? Is that at Disney? That, that, no, no, so that's actually a Six Flags uh, theme park. But they... Uh, it's about 30 minutes from L.A. or so. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you know. Where would that be, Bill, as far as, like, the top of your list of things you wanted to do? High priority. Like, probably. Yeah. High priority. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to Sandusky. No. Oh, but I, don't I put it in his head. The roller don't. coaster capital of oh. the United States. It's got the most extreme rides. Really? Um, anywhere. Yes. Okay, I'm going to have to mark it down. It makes six flags look like kids. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, go. All right, Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky, Cedar Ohio. Point. Yeah. Oh, Cedar Oh, she's in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dragster. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, in the clouds. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah. It shoots you oh, yeah. up. Yeah. I, I, I brought one of my young children on that, and then she was like, ah. "It's like a rocket. You got you know, so stoplight counting down. Yeah. Three, two, one. Boom! Oh Just my gone, God! You know, it's an incredible ride. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. The rest yeah. of you guys, thrill seekers as well. No, not that way. way. <laughs> I mean, not in that way. I enjoy amusement parks, but I mean, when we were there, wanted to explore, you know, the strip. We were there in Hard Rock Cafe. We're all hanging out, and then we realized, where's Billy? And then he yeah. sends us a picture, and he's right in front of the Six Flags sign. Yeah. Uh, he's already there. He's already there. <laughs> no, we've been walking around for a few hours, you know, just enjoying ourselves and just every 10 minutes just, I want to go to Magic Mountain. I want to go to Magic Mountain. Yeah. And I turned around to him and I was like, Go then. Okay. <laughs> and then he walked out the door, and then I was like, "He's not really gone." <laughs> and then we went outside, and we were like, "He's not here." <laughs> we, we all texted him. We didn't hear nothing, and we get a, all of us simultaneously get a Snapchat an hour later, and it's just the front gate of Magic Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's there. All right. Now, which which Hard Rock did you hit? Was that the one in Anaheim? No, it was the one on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, so it was still open when you guys went there. Yeah. 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 So this was. Um, Did it close? Was it June or sorry? No, it was December, December 27, 28. Um, yeah. So it was just a couple months before things yep. shut down. Okay. Yeah. So it, it wasn't even on anyone's radar yet. No, no, yeah. everything was full. Yeah, because now it's they they tore it down. It's now going to be a hotel. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah. Wow. Did they shut yeah. down the Hard Rock in Vegas too? I believe. Yep, I, I got to play. I was the last person to play there with Brent Muscat from Faster Pussycat. We got we played there. We we closed the closed it. It was his birthday party, oh, right. and we got to we got to play it. Now it's going to be Virgin something something like that. I heard Guitar Center's closing their doors too. I wonder if that'll be. Yeah, they went bankrupt. Yeah, it's going to be a change of yeah scenery too down there. But. Yeah, I, I mean I feel bad, but in a way it's. Um, I'm a left-handed guitar player and singer. <laughs> they never have a left-handed guitar there. <laughs> so I never go there anyway. <laughs> Unless I have to. Yeah. It's like, oh, crap, I need a cable. <laughs> What's open? Guitar Center. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, 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 no. So let's take, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and these guys are going to play. And this will be our first acoustic show in this environment, which will be pretty freaking awesome.
Watson Rock the Talk with Cat Critta and the band Stormbreaker. Uh, guys, tell us tell us about what you guys just played. Yeah, so that one's uh, called Heartless. Um, it's one of our most recent uh, releases, and um, I think it's got the most streams and plays on any of the Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. So we've been fortunate to get um, some traction with that song. Um, we wanted to come up with something that was... Uh, not intentionally a ballad, but something along the lines of like a more, I guess, um, emotionally appealing or, or ballad type song. Um, and heavy influence from, you know, like the Skid Row kind of vibe. Um, and uh, lyrics came about just as a something personal that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And something that I think a lot of folks can relate to on the topic of addiction. And, um, mm-hmm. But making it still in a way that's like accessible rock song and not over the top uh, dramatic. So... You know, that, it's good that you, you touch on your own personal stuff, because I, I think that people, you know, as a lyricist myself, people want that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, instead of just writing generic stuff. Mm-hmm. It's good. So what's it like uh, writing something so vulnerable? Um, it definitely, um, I think it, for me, it... it came through in the delivery of, of the performance in the studio and it does every time we play that song just because it means so much to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the biggest impact that it has. But also, I think for us it was a roll of the dice too because we aren't necessarily a party rock band but we also, I don't think, envisioned ourselves touching on like really serious topics either. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of pushing more towards um, like a serious topic that isn't like just like let's go party and have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so... It was, I think, a risk for me to take by writing those lyrics and singing it in the song. Good and for you. I was self-conscious about that for yeah. sure, um, but hopefully it's working out. Yeah, good it's for you. Because it shows a maturity in the band and uh, maybe uh, possibly a, a new direction that you guys might be going. Mm-hmm. My, my fa- some of my favorite bands are the ones that have that kind of positive, you know. U2 is a big, I'm a big awesome. U2 yeah. fan, yeah. and I, I like... I like what they write, you know, it's it's very, um, I don't want to say Christian-based, but I, I want to say kind of like self-helpy spiritual. in a way, yeah. very spiritual yeah. in a way. It's real. Like, yeah. Real. Yeah. Real. Yeah. And you're right, Chris, it does come through in, in your vocal performance because it's personal. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Kat, you had a few questions? Yeah, going all the way back, like how did you get the name Stormbreaker? Oh, it was me. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the, um, the the Thor's Hammer version instead of the Harry Potter version. No, it's like, <laughs> no, no it, was, it kind of uh, looks a little Harry Potter-ish here. <laughs> That's stereotyping. Man. <laughs> I'm going to bag you for the Manchester United. No, it was a it was a, like a teen spy book that I read when I was probably like I don't know, 13 or something, and it was just called Stonebreaker. <laughs> And I was, we were, you know, trying to think of a name. I was like, oh, that sounds all right. Try that. And then we stuck the two you Scandinavian lit. dots on top of it to make it slightly different so they can't sue us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. It was pretty easy. And then cut to like a few years later, this Avengers movie comes out and Thor gets a new hammer in it or whatever. And I'm, I went to see it with you. 
and they're like, oh, what's the new hammer called? And he goes, Stormbreak. And we looked at him like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one we have to worry about. Well, if, if Marvel put the Ulitz over the, no, oh, yeah, you no. can sue them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Be like, hey. Yeah. That's not the way we want to make it as a band, but maybe. <laughs> you guys have famous for suing the stuff outside. <laughs> <laughs> we have a case. That's, that's interesting. Fortunately, though, it's also Hammer of the Gods, which is very yeah. uh, Zeppelin theme kind yeah. of, uh, you know, the mythology yeah. and stuff, too. So it fits yeah. with what we're trying to do, I think. You know, I'm, I'm a big uh, uh, Lord of the Rings fan. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we just, last weekend, was it last weekend or the weekend yeah, before? Was last. Yeah, last weekend, Kat and I just sat down and we watched... We had a marathon. We, uh, yeah, we watched all three nice. of them. Extended editions or? Extended yep. editions, yeah, of course. You have to go extended. It's the only way to do it. And, you know, when I was growing up and listening to Zeppelin, I mean, Robert Plant was throwing in Harry Potter references all the time. No, no, no. it was uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, well, yeah. yeah. I, I'm Harry sorry, Potter. I said Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm, I'm fixated on his scarf. And, oh, sorry, That's great. I'm sitting with Harry Potter, come on. I'm Intimidated. <laughs> it's magical. <laughs> so another question I had was like, uh, your family's supportive. Um, how have the fans been here in Minnesota for you? I say very, very great, very great. All very positive feedback, just about everyone. So it's, um, you know, in the current situation, it's hard to. Um, continue to stay engaged with fans and folks that do want to be out listening to live music or buying new music, whatever. Um, so you try to get a bit more creative and keep folks involved just with like social media, um, which, uh, by the way, Stormbreak, or does Stormbreaker ban on IG? Uh, Stormbreaker Official. Yeah. Stormbreaker Official on Instagram, and you can find us on Facebook as Stormbreaker too. Uh, but, but those have been the ways that with the Minnesota crowd and elsewhere, we're trying to stay uh, in touch with them and um, just keep people aware that we're still doing things <laughs> until, yeah. until the record comes out. I didn't realize until I moved here uh, the influence that actually the Minneapolis area has had on music. Oh, Not just yeah. Prince. Uh, you know, yeah, There was an awesome rock scene here um, and I would say there still is. It's just it's just evolved like it does right every decade something different. Mm -hmm. But you go far enough back and um, like Slave Raider, Hurricane Alice, mm -hmm. um, Gemini, Deer Force. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of really talented folks here playing consistently and playing big shows um, and some of them went out and you know made it onto you know Atlantic Records and elsewhere mm -hmm. um, but it was kind of at the tail end of the whole Sunset Strip thing and then the 90s came and kind of shut it all down yeah fortunately but so. yeah major influence and, and um, fortunately we're, we're kind of in touch with some of the folks that were part of the, those bands and stuff so um, right. yeah still influencing us today I would say for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, it was. It was uh, I, I have a lot of friends from the '80s that are uh, me. I'm, you know, I'm 57, so a lot of the my peers are, they, they hate the '90s. And, <laughs> but me personally, you know, I, I, I uh, Bob Mould, Husker Du, you know, fantastic, amazing. Fantastic. The replacements yeah, and stuff like that. Soul Asylum, Great yeah. music still. Soul Asylum. Don't talk to Cat about Soul Asylum. She's not a fan. This is not my favorite, but you know, all the other ones. <laughs> but good stuff and so guys thank you for being here thanks for playing your music of course and um, we definitely wish you a lot of success do you have any last questions yeah I do uh, what's what's coming up what's next 
Uh, the big thing next, um, actually, this coming Friday, we're playing a show at North Star Bar in Rochester, Minnesota, um, with our friends in a band called Ninth Planet Out. Really good dudes, very talented, a bit more of a modern vibe, but still the dual lead guitar thing, so that should be fun. Um, also, The Issue is playing with us there, uh, another great Minnesota band. Um, and then the week later, we're playing uh, in Fridley, Minnesota at Route 47. Um, same lineup, so we're going to have Ninth Planet Out come up from Rochester. We're trying to kind of swap cities mm-hmm. that way and get folks out who haven't seen either band for quite a while because everybody's been at home. Um, and we start tracking this week on the new record, so uh, that's plenty awesome. of things to keep us busy. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Ah, I wish you all the success in the world. Thank, Thank you. Really amazing. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for inviting us out to, to hang out and talk. On the show, I mean, we really appreciate it. You guys, oh, of course, uh, it means a lot to us to see this happening here in Minnesota, right? Yeah. And keep mm-hmm. the yeah. rock theme alive. So, yeah, nice. Thank you. Rock the talk, aka walk your talk. David Reed Watson, Cat Critter. Thank you guys for coming in. That was an awesome, awesome, awesome show. They came, and uh, I was very, very again. I want to say I was very surprised. Zeus kept his mouth shut yeah. the, the whole time that they were playing he usually barks at least once yeah but no he didn't he didn't he I think he was enjoying the music yeah I think so too it made him sleepy it made him sleepy acoustic music makes him sleepy good to know that is good to know so here we are cat and Dave um election night again um we got to mellow out a little bit and kind of get our minds off of that whole scenario for a little bit um but i don't see any fires outside so it kind of seems like it's we're we're alive i think it's going to take a couple days for the real results to come I heard, out i heard months what do you well think? i think yeah i i don't know how long but it'll be it'll be up for debate let's put it that way oh i can imagine I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to jump back on to uh, this interview I was listening to on, on Joe Rogan. And he was talking to Tristan Harris. And Tristan, as you know, that movie that we watched, The Social Dilemma. You know, he um, he's one of the he's one of the guys at Google. Uh, you know, he he helped create all of. Um, all these algorithms and whatnot that, that that started going. One thing he said on Joe Rogan, which I, I thought was very very interesting, um, he mentioned the part about about young women, how they um, if let's let's say you do a Google search, um, or a YouTube search or a Facebook search. Something on social media, and you you do a search for, let's say, I'm I'm a young woman, and I am doing a search for dieting. Automatically, the algorithms would start throwing this young woman information on anorexia. Isn't that interesting? I think it's horrifying. I just, you know, I mean, it's feeding a person's addiction it's giving them new ideas and tools on how to further destroy their brain and their body the the interesting thing about these algorithms though this ai they're not out to destroy anything they don't really care 
They don't really no. care, you know, if you're black or white, male, female, um, whatever political affiliation you might have. They're just looking at what keeps you online. That's their whole job is to keep you online. So, and what they found out was that things that piss us off or things that might make us go, oh no, um, keep us online longer. True, true. Uh, The algorithms have moved us from a society of individuals to people who think they've found their tribe. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's so weird because it goes back to, it reminds me of the movie The Matrix, where everybody is living within this algorithm, let's call it, um, and they think that, you know, they go to their job, they do this, they do that, and everything's hunky-dory. But remember when Neo found out he, he was in a Matrix, it freaked him out. He had a meltdown. You know, and it's it's kind of hard to it's hard to fathom that we are actually a victim of and I hate playing the victim ever. And I will never, ever call myself a victim. But in this case, we we've been blindsided. You know, we, we, we don't we're completely unaware that this is going on. I mean, you know we sad, were though. unaware. <laughs> it's like even when you're aware, these are the these are the mechanisms that we have at our disposal to be connected at this time. Mm. And so it's like even even in the interview, the person they were interviewing, what was his name? Oh, Tristan. Yeah, he yeah. he's like, oh yeah, I've got TikTok right here. I'll pull it up, and he's like, he goes, I'm not supposed to have it, but I got I got it up. You know, it. There you go. Even yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. Well, he had it because he's 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 just trying to figure it, you know, figure it out psychologically. But mm-hmm. you know, like Joe said, Joe's like, oh my my daughter's on it, mm-hmm. and she's constantly posing. Oh, one of our friends that I won't. I won't name her. She's a great person, uh, but she's got a TikTok account. And every time I see anything that she does now, it's outrageous. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, over the top actions. It's like, oh my God, I've got the camera on me. Woo! <laughs> you know, um, because we hear about these kids. Uh, I, I, I was listening to NPR uh, at work um, last week, I think it was. And, and uh, I I heard something I never thought that I would hear. It was one of the NPR representatives, one of the one of the people say, um, um, "Now we have our this TikTok star we're going to be interviewing next." I was like, "Really? What? <laughs> TikTok star? What? Yeah, it was this young girl, you know, in high school." She's like, oh, yeah, I just wrote it for my friends. And yeah, and you know what I mean? It was and they're asking a really adult questions like, so do you has this changed your life? Do you do you feel like um, you want to drop out of school now or, you know, whatever? She, yeah, I hate my teachers. I hate everybody. You know, it's like you're talking to a kid, <laughs> yeah. you know, come on. You're not going to get a rational answer. Out of this kid who just became a multi-millionaire playing a song on, you know, and they they talk to her about the song. It's like, what, what are you talking about? You know, what, what inspired you to write that? I don't know. 
I was bored. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and that's going to be somebody's hero. Well, you know, the lack of actual face-to-face interactions and, and exposure to real heroes, I can imagine that, that that's what kids have to look for, look to, and look forward to. So, you know, getting off of the, the, the young girl uh, trip here, since we are on election night, and we know that we try to vibe with our tribe. That's a that's a the the thing that one of our friends always says. Vibe, mm-hmm. vibe with your tribe. I get that. That's great, and I'm, I'm totally down with that. But in a very organic way, mm-hmm. you know, um, finding our tribe online, we're finding out is it's a double edged sword. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. But it also can be a very bad thing, and. Um, you know, where the tie in here for me with the elections and the algorithms are that um, this tribalization has created more division and more polarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and on this night and going forward um, with whatever happens with the election, people need to remember that we are all on the same team. We all really it it this has made us feel like them versus us. You know, there, there's this group of bad people, but we all want the same things. We all want health, prosperity and um, happiness. And so, you know, I'm just I want people to be good to each other because really we are more alike way more alike than we are different and and this these algorithms really give us the feel that there's a whole group of very bad people out there with other beliefs and we all have very we're more similar than that for you for you folks just tuning in hopefully you've been listening to the whole show but for you folks that are just tuning in we're talking about a, a very i think a very very important movie for our time called the social dilemma and um, especially on election night right now, because we're watching this polarity around the world, uh, around well, definitely in our country, but we're we're actually seeing it around the world, and we're talking about falling victim to an actual algorithm. You know, it's going to be. I can see us. You know, we we read that book, Letters from Five Hundred. I can see them even a hundred years in the future, looking back at this and going, I can't even understand how these people did this. You know, it's like everyone's being told a big giant lie and they're falling for it. You know, And, and we're talking intelligent people. I'm not just talking, you know, just nitwits. I didn't want to say that, but yeah. That was a very nice way to say that, too. Nitwits. I haven't heard that in a long time. Wasn't that in... Um, I, my kids scold me if I use other derogatory terms, which I don't... I really don't talk... I try not to talk bad about people. Especially people with, you know... No. Challenges, but, you know, nitwits is... Nitwits is a good fair. word. It's, it's a good, where, where, did, where did nitwit ever, ever even come I from? <laughs> I have no idea. So, yeah, so a bunch of really good people, you know, and and we know that this is out of hand because 
we can take some of our worst enemies online and sit down with them face to face. And, you know, they're not like that. Exactly what you said. They, they want the same thing we do. Yes. Um, they've just been led to rethink that, you know, this this liberal or this conservative is messing up everything. And and it's the Here's the big thing, though. Not everybody is watching this, you know, has watched this movie. So there are a lot of people still living in but what this. did they say? They had viewed um, in the month of September, 38 million people have watched it. 38 million households. Households. Okay. Yeah. yeah That's so. amazing. That was the highest, uh, the highest viewed Netflix movie yeah, that's a lot of people. That is. That's a lot of people. Um, let's take a quick break and, and let's play some music. Um, you know, you you guys heard from Stormbreaker earlier. We're gonna we're gonna hit you with some more music from around the world, and we'll be back and we'll uh, continue this conversation right here on FirebrandRadio.online. And this is Rock the Talk, aka Walk Your Talk. With David Reed Watson and Cat Critter. I love it when she says her name. She's so cute. On with the music.
The UK just went back into lockdown. Can you believe that, Kat? Um, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. We were we were talking about going over to uh over to Wales. And, Thank God uh, we didn't waste our money on a ticket. Yeah. Thank God. So that was uh Roger Penkethman. He's works with us here on Firebrand Radio and he, he calls that song Lockdown. He did it with Miji. Before that, we heard Lies That Bind. That's my one of my projects um, called DNA and my friend Kellyanne actually singing with me on that. Before that, we heard 100 and 0. And if you remember, we had them on last week's show and their song Swoop. So right now, we're in lockdown, baby. Grab some cocoa. She's sitting here with a blanket on right now because she, it got, it, well, it got, it got warm today, right? Then and then you, cold. <laughs> yeah, and then you took all the windows and opened them all up and, you know, the cat's hanging halfway out going, I want to get out and, and Zeus is like, oh my God, heaven. And, and then it got chilly. Yes, it did. Oh my goodness! So, what do you have on your radar there, cat? Another song. Oh yeah. Yeah. What What do you got? Black masks and gasoline by <laughs> Rise you, Against. Are you serious? Yeah. Black masks. I love it. Let's play it. Okay, let's do it.
call turnover.
I was screwed up I was angry at the world I feel like I was a loser I had a chip on my shoulder then In a low place Wishing I was anywhere else but there On a California highway I was broke but I always had time to spare song all right that was uh we saw we heard a couple songs we heard um black mass and gasoline by rise against that was really good yeah that's an old song i didn't realize how old that song was it's an oldie yeah and then we had turn on she she can't read my writing no turn on 1991 That was a live recording of Fugazi from 1991. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then we heard um, Not the Only One by Papa Roach. Yeah. Yep. And we played some Fugazi because you're, I've just, we've created a fan. 
Yes, I, I do like it. I like the little. I like that. It's it's punk sound without being like complete punk. It's kind yeah. of it's got a really nice rhythm and it's punk. I got one question for you, punk. <laughs> what punk? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway. Uh, going back to uh, whatever, uh, I, I want to go back to the the Joe Rogan thing with the Tr- Tristan Harris. I, I Zeus, he's getting in his. Uh, You're the squeaky toy. He's got a squeaky toy. Is that a new one or is that the same one? Ah, uh, no, that's that's that little stuffed animal flea uh-huh. that he's torn the legs off and. It's got a squeaker in inside still. So, so it's, it's like eight in. legs, and we keep finding the legs <laughs> all over. <laughs> it's like here's one in the garage, and here's one in the back room. And as you can hear right now, Zeus is going to town with the rest of the flea. Mm-hmm. It says "bite me" on one side of it. I'd like to tell that to half the world right now. Yeah, just bite me. me too. So much going on. You know what? <clears throat> I'm done with COVID. I'm done with it too. I'm, I'm seriously, I'm done with that. I, 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 I wish people would just look at statistics and not be so afraid. Deaths are they're 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 less than nominal. I mean, they're t- it's over. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you know, listening, like, I, I, I sound like a broken record, but, you know, at work we listen to NPR and they keep on talking about the COVID, you know, um, how many new cases there are. And of course there's new cases because people are going in and getting tested, but yeah. they don't know if those tests are from three months ago or from now or if, or if it's the flu I mean there's there's questions about what the test is testing right and so it's like are people is this just the, the flu or a, a virus right or what you know and and the thing is is you know they're not talking about deaths right because people would wake people be like oh wow <laughs> it's over if they mm-hmm. started talking about the deaths yeah. and they really looked at it you know they're talking about cases right so it's a what who, was someone Recently, said it's a case demic. It is a case demic, and, and you know what? More people are probably dying right now. Not probably; they actually are dying more uh, from suicide. You know, from depression. From you know, I've got a lot of friends in the rock and roll world that you know um, go to. They 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 haven't been to their AA meetings in forever. Domestic violence is is bad, you know. So uh, you know, and people out of work, consistently out of work. I mean, this hasn't been good for anybody. And so, we have to come to some point where we have to weigh, you know, what what's worse. I mean, we don't want deaths. I, you know, absolutely not. Of course not. But the fact of life is that people do die. People die. That's right. And they're not necessarily dying because of COVID, just because they have COVID. If they have already have some other or multiple uh, issues, it right. may not be from COVID, even if they get COVID, because a lot of these cases that are going around mm-hmm. are 
they're about the equivalent of a head cold. Right. And it's well documented now. You can actually go online and find this. It's not it's, it's not fake news, but you can find now that hospitals actually receive more money if they declare it a COVID death. Yep. So come on, people. You start using some some rationale. It all comes down to fear. Mm-hmm. You know, what What paralyzes you so much that um, you don't think that you, you can recover from it? I mean, I look at it and, you know, I'm going to sound like a cold-hearted bastard. But you know what? I think as long as you're healthy, you know, if anything, this would give people more incentive to say, you know what? Oh, maybe I should take care of my health. You know, if I have a respiratory problems or something like that, you know, what about the people that have cancer right now? I, you know, I've got the solution and I believe this a hundred, hundred, hundred percent. I'm saying this to all five of you listeners out there <laughs> or six. No, there's how many in the band? Five. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's, um, Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Take ayahuasca. Take any uh, uh, iboga, any kind of uh, peyote, you know, whatever it is, plant medicine. Get into some place and it's plant medicine, like Rhythmia says, 95%, you know, uh, uh, positive. You know, not positive there's COVID. Feelings, there's addictions go away. There's miracles. Yes, ninety five percent, and they're talking to these people a year or two after the fact. So they have a ninety five percent positive rate of people having life changing experiences. I know this because I've done it. You know, I've done it five times. My life has completely changed. You know, it's well documented about my life, how much it's changed. You know, whatever old patterns I had or whatever, a lot of them are gone. I just, you know, it's it's almost like a miracle. It's like I've, I've told you mm-hmm. before where I've laid in bed and saying, make this go away. I just can't handle it anymore. Uh, now that's that's past tense. That's not something that's of me now how many other people have are saying that about something in their life you know mm-hmm. and don't have a, have a way or, or don't see a way out of whatever they've gotten themselves into any kind of addiction can be cured completely you know if you want to stay in AA or NA or SA or any of those you know be my guest but if you want to fast track on getting rid of this issue, <clears throat> plant medicine, it makes you, it makes you really look at yourself full on all the ugliness, all the beauty and it, you get it. It's like, whoa. I mean, they, they, they do say, and many people, you know, that have talked plant medicine before have said it's like 10 years of therapy each time you do it. You're going to the depths of hell when you're taking this stuff. You're purging. You're purging out of every orifice. You know, it's ugly. 
It's but there's a lot of ugliness that we keep inside of ourselves. Yeah. Arrogance, greed, all those things sounds like they come up and out. Now, am I saying I'm perfect? Not in the least. I still have I still have problems. I still have other things that now that the onion layer has started to pull away, I'm getting to deeper roots of of issues. I think you're perfect, I'll be honest. You're a sweetheart. I think you're perfect as well. (laughs) Hardly. (laughs) Oh my God. Now, wait a second. I didn't deny my perfectness and now you're denying your perfectness? I'll say thank you. There. That's better. Okay. That's right. Acknowledge, acknowledge and accept. Yes. And I think, you know, that fear, um, you know, the COVID death fear is a, it's, it's a fear of not because people don't understand life and death. They don't understand. It. They think that this is all they got. And that's part of it. Mm, That one's probably a tough one. And and you know what? Uh, Probably a lot of people will not do plant medicine because they'd be afraid to find out that God is something a lot different than what they've been told out of a book. We just we just finished a fascinating book. Um, I cat puts up with me um, every night and I read to her. And um, I've, I've mentioned many times I, I read to her and I know when to stop. It's when I hear her snoring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I fake it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Shut up. Please no. shut up. Please. Not one more page. No. The book we finished was um, by uh, Jordan River. And the book is called The Book of Spirit. And I recommend everybody to go onto YouTube and watch Spirit Science. It is. He's, it's cute. It's interesting. And it's informative. Yeah. He's a great cartoonist. Animator, I guess he would call himself. Um, but in this book, he, talk, he, t- he tells his story, you know, which is ugly. It's an ugly story. And it's, he, you know, once he put it down on paper, he was able to release it. You know, um, and he also went down to Rhythmia, down in Costa Rica, and did plant medicine. He did it four times, I think he said, and it it purged him of a lot of these um, things that we make up in our head about ourselves. Well, uh, yeah. Seeing what you've become, and then seeing what you're what you're capable of. It's like first you see the the bad. And you learn about who you are and what you've really accomplished. And then you get to see the good stuff, it sounds like. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, he tells his story in this, That's that's which is great. I mean, it's great to read that. It's heartbreaking to read it. Or those three things that are so important. Authenticity, truth, mm-hmm. and on uh, truth, authenticity, and love are the three things that, the only three things that are real important it's pretty much what he ends the book with that's what I think that's where yeah, that was he, your last page I think it was actually, last night it was it's it's a fascinating book and I I've got an autographed copy because um when he was smaller when spirit science was smaller I I sent him money um 
to help him along his way and he sent me this book. So it's, <clears throat> yeah. He changed his name too because he likes to think of himself as flowing and never changing. You know, changing his name to, to River. But anyway, what, what I was saying earlier about being so vulnerable and putting stuff on the page you know we were when we had when we had the band here earlier today um Stormbreaker Chris was talking about that yeah about the song that he actually sang it's like to be that vulnerable to put it down on paper you're actually releasing it you Mm -hmm. really are you're like Okay, I can get rid of that chapter in my life. It is no longer necessary. Yes, now I can use it and sing it as an example. Mm-hmm. But it's not who I am anymore. Yeah, and even if it's not about you, it's about someone you're close to. It's it's a way it's a way of um, just moving beyond it. And when you put it out there, then it's then it's gone. It's not it's not something you're hiding anymore. You're just living. Just living, yeah. But uh, I'm getting back to this book. Every chapter um, is on the tarot. You know, he's he starts off the book. You know, with uh, uh, um, oh geez, it's hard. It's hard to encapsulate it and just one little conversation but I, I think the most fascinating thing out of this book was the um, I was talking about all of the all of the uh, discrepancies in the Bible the translations of how we it, it, so this goes into another area of how we've been duped how good people have been duped you know not, right now we're having it with AI and we're fighting amongst each other and and believing that our neighbor is really an asshole, but really it's just the algorithms that are, you know, pushing that person that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible, it's translation a lot of people believe, but it was mistranslated, you know? Yeah, there's, there's some definitely some other sources that talk about that period and I mean it makes a lot more sense it does it makes and a it's, lo- it's not it doesn't run contradictory to the Bible it's just that the Bible's missing some things right so uh, you know the pe- the people that believe in what they believe in are not bad people no but we see examples of how the message doesn't work anymore you know we 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 see it in war you know we see it on our money and god we trust you know it's who who do we really trust here is it the money is it is that what it is and you know we go to war over religion that paradigm is is changing completely isn't it where people aren't buying it anymore they're going yeah you know you say you're all about love how how can you how can you step out and kill someone over love? I don't think that's loving. <laughs> it's not, doesn't make sense. It doesn't hang together. And that's the test of whether it's 
a good thing or a bad thing, you know, and not, not maybe not even good and bad, you know, not just judging, just if it's something worth pursuing. And that's where this, you know, again, the algorithm kind of comes in. We're kind of living in an algorithm before we, um, before the internet, you know, we're, we're living in that paradigm of, you know, you're bad if you believe this and you're bad if you believe that all from programming. It's all programming, you know, it's, it's just, it's just bad programming. And now we, we're coming to the realization that it is bad programming. It doesn't mean we're bad people. We've just been given misinformation. Yeah, I think the last pages of the book, um, you know, it talks about just the fact that once again, we all want the same things and there are mm-hmm. many paths up the mountain. The top of the mountain is prosperity, it's love, and mm-hmm. it's um, truth. Yes. And there's lots of ways to get there and it doesn't, it, one religion isn't doesn't have the patent on how to get there. Yeah, my way or the highway just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, and, and who cares? I mean, well, it, here's the thing in Christian theology, you know, they, they talk about if you become born again, you know, you're just, you know, when I was 14 or 13 years old, I forget, I my mom sent us to Bible camp, you know, this born again Christian camp called Word of Life up in Scroon Lake, New York, it was upper, upper state New York, um, it really messed with us as kids, you know, um, and I, I remember becoming born again. And I mainly became born again because I just, I, I succumbed to peer pressure, you know? Uh, so I became born again and I, I started coming home and preaching on the streets to my friends and and got my ass kicked. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, it is. It is brutal, but it's true. And it's, it was bad programming. It was peer pressure. So, you know, that bad programming is saying, you know, somebody comes up to me now and says, you know, you have to be born again. And it's like, I did it, been there, done that. It doesn't say that you have to do it again, right? It doesn't, there's no written no. document saying like, okay, but did you really become born again? It's like, no, because I really believed it when I was a kid. You know, but then you start traveling the world and you start realizing that there's more to these, to, 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 um, different thoughts and different belief systems. And I was subjected to in that little area of Western Massachusetts or, you know, New York area, you know, and that's again, you know, look my, my traveling when I was younger was like peeling the onion layer. It was like I was peeling the onion layer and going deeper and realizing different truths. And isn't that what wisdom actually is? It is. It is. And you can't impart wisdom on somebody. That's something people have to come to on their own. And just in in politics, religion, any in any area of life, really, it's about leading by example you can tell people you can flap your mouth forever but and people don't necessarily get anything out of it but they watch people watch how you live they they watch your example and mm-hmm. that tells the whole story 
It does. It just gets frustrating sometimes because you always want to... Every once in a while, you just want to go, I told you so. But you never do because you know that they're on their own journey. But still, sometimes it's just like... You, you palm to the forehead, right? It's like, oh, really? Yeah, kind of let them learn. Kind of let them learn in their own way, you know? Yeah. It reminds me. I want to. I want to play this song because it's a it's a Crosby, Stills, Nash song, and it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, this is Rock the Talk, aka Walk Your Talk. David Reed Watson and the Cat Critter, and we will be back after some more music. Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell did slowly go by. On your dreams, the one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why? If they told you you would cry, so just look at them and sigh, and know they love you.
Fighters from the Wembley Stadium 2008 with Learn to Fly. Before that, we heard an old Billy Squire song. Learn how to live. Yeah. And then we started off with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Teach Your Children Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So election night. We're still alive. We're still kicking. This is still the United States of America. And we're still very happy. For you people over in the UK, no offense. You're on lockdown. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> no, it's like California. California's on complete lock lockdown. There, I feel I feel bad. You know. Yeah. I mean, we were talking to the the band tonight, um, talking about California and Los Angeles, and they went out there and played, and they're they're supposed to go out and play out in the whiskey again, again next, next June. June. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that happens. It's Absolutely. not looking. It's not looking good the way that the governor's got them locked down right now. There and I mean, they're they were talking about people going to restaurants wearing their masks and between bites they have to put their mask back up. I'm sorry, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Didn't the didn't they just come out? Didn't the CDC just come out, or or was it the WHO just came out and said that they're that the masks are really unhelpful? Yeah, there yeah. was there was something came out recently, and I I'm researching really fast. Do that, do that. Yeah. We we need a, a Google researcher. Yeah. Here for the show. So if you want to join the show. And come do a little Google research for us. That'd be awesome. We couldn't pay you with anything. Um, actually, no, we got some canned goods. Like we could probably give them some SpaghettiOs. And we still have chocolate left from from uh, Halloween here in America. <laughs> and, we, and here's the funny thing. We only had three sets of people come for Halloween. Nor, how many kids do you normally get? Oh, usually I want to say 25 to 50, depending on the year. Wow. That's that's huge. That's huge. How, how are your Google fingers doing there? 
She's finding it. She's going to verify uh, exactly what I said because, you know, I don't do my best not to make stuff up, but sometimes, sometimes it just comes out that way Um, because I ramble, I ramble a bit. Um, We don't have much time left here. We've only got about five minutes. So I would like to thank uh, the band Stormbreaker for coming out this afternoon and playing for us. And um, that was awesome. If you want to get in touch with them, you can go to stormbreakerband.com or you can find them at stormbreakerofficial on their Instagram. And you can find them on Facebook as well. I believe that they're stormbreakerbandmn, meaning Minnesota. And um, you can also go and check them out on the 6th. They'll be playing at the North Star Bar in Rochester, Minnesota. And then they'll be playing on the 13th of November at Route 47, right here in Fridley, Minnesota as well. Support local music as much as you possibly can. It's very important. Um, I know that a lot of people don't get to play out too much right now. So it's probably best to hunker down and record Speaking of that, I've been wanting to talk about this for a little bit, but I've kind of been refraining. Um, my band, Alchemy Fire, um, the guy that's working with us right now, is his name is Ulrich Wild, and he's he's. I, I just found out that he just finished working with my buddy Chris's band uh, called House of Lords, and just finished their stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, Ulrich is sending us tracks as we speak. So every day I'm receiving tracks from Ulrich Ark. Thank you very much for all your hard work. This album is going to be epic. We're listening to it every day and sending back our feedback and, you know, different, different technicalities that we want to work out and so on and so forth. But so far, so good. So I, I can't wait to, you know, it's been, uh, geez, let me see. It's November now, November 1st. I was in England from July until about now. So I had just finished up all the vocal tracks um, a year ago. So it's been a long time coming. So anyway, what I've got to say, what are you going to say? New York Times, there's a mask, mask use related to COVID risk. It's saying that places that have experienced a lot of coronavirus um, and places that have a uh, few are all the same in they are in their rates of mask wearing. So one can deduce that mm-hmm. mask wearing is not necessarily the deciding factor about uh, whether people cur- uh, contract um, COVID. But this is from that's from a non-medical source. That's a news source. Mm-hmm. It also says that it's um, partisan party related I know I know we have the elections tonight so I'll be curious I'll be curious when this all pans out if it, and I you know I've heard it from a lot of people a lot of people has gone oh they start talking that it was partisan I, the party the the Democratic Party themselves have talked about it and the Republican Party themselves have talked about it you know yeah um, so I mean and we've also heard from people before better safe than sorry right is it is it ask the people that have acne because of their mask wearing <laughs> I know that's very petty 
Macne, whatever they call it. Macne now. Well, yeah, I just say that. I talk to the person that has lost their business. Talk to the people that have already contracted COVID. Yeah, do they really feel like they need to wear it, continue to wear it? If they've, they're not carrying it around, they're not transmitting it, they can't, they're not, because they're not getting it, because mm-hmm. they've already had it. Yeah, it's just, something stinks in Rome, and, 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 and I'm not a conspiracy kind of guy, but all the evidence is pointing at, hmm, something stinks in Rome. So, people, um, until next week, we will talk to you. And uh, I hope you join us again right here on Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. See ya.